Welcome to Egg Annex Talks, a podcast brought to you by the agriculture brands of Annex Business Media. Join the teams behind Top Crop Manager, Potatoes in Canada, Fruit and Vegetable, Manure Manager, and Canadian Poultry Magazines for compelling conversations with some of the most important voices in Canadian agriculture. Bayer Crop Science is a proud supporter of influential women in Canadian agriculture. As a member of Canada's agricultural community, we recognize the hard work and contributions made by women to this important industry and support the sharing of their voices, stories, challenges, and achievements as a way to recognize everything they bring to the table each and every day. Hi everyone, my name is Brett Ruffle, editor of Canadian Poultry Magazine. Welcome to the latest edition of our Influential Women in Canadian Agriculture podcast series. For this episode, I spoke with Dr. Tina Wadowski, She's an animal welfare scientist with the University of Guelph. She's also the Egg Farmers of Canada Research Chair in Poultry Welfare. Her focus has been on how the housing and management of farm animals affects their well-being. Her research group has tackled some difficult issues, including the transport and handling of market pigs and the euthanasia of piglets and poultry. Tina has garnered numerous industry awards throughout her career for her work. For more, let's hear from the person who nominated her. Hi, my name is Tim Lambert, and I'm the Chief Executive Officer of the Egg Farmers of Canada. I nominated Dr. Wadowski as part of the Influential Women in Canadian Agriculture for several reasons. Uh, One, she's a leader in the field of poultry welfare and animal behavior, not just here in Canada, but globally as well. Uh, From developing foundational evidence-based research in the area of rich colony housing systems to establishing benchmarks in hen welfare, Her work has provided farmers with important insights and best practices that will continue to shape the future of our industry. She brings a thoughtful and insightful perspective to any task at hand, and her passion for agriculture and commitment to welfare comes through in everything she does, whether presenting to a group of farmers or working with her students. She's been a valued mentor to many students and many of whom have gone on to work in our industry. So congratulations, Tina, on this recognition. You truly are an influential woman in Canadian agriculture, and I can't think of a more worthy recipient. Well done. Without further ado, let's talk to Tina. First off, so congratulations on this honour. Thank you very much. I'm really honoured to be named one of the influential women in Canadian agriculture, and I'm really grateful to Ag Annex Media for um, even starting this program because it's very new and very unique. And um, I'd also like to thank the people who nominated me for it as well. It's, um, it's, I know it's taken them a lot of time, and I, I'm very grateful that um, I've been recognized by this. To get us started, can you tell us a little bit about your role, your career, and your current role, and sort of how, where you were, and how you got here? Yes, I am currently a professor in applied animal behavior and animal welfare in the Department of Animal Biosciences at the University of Guelph. Um, I've recently stepped down from a 12-year term as the director for the Campbell Center for the Study of Animal Welfare there. And um, I currently now hold the Egg Farmers of Canada Research Chair in Poultry Welfare. And it has been quite a journey to get here. Um, particularly as an influential woman in Canadian agriculture, I grew up in the city of Chicago. And so um, it has been, has been quite the journey. Um, so growing up in Chicago, I knew nothing of animal agriculture. I was very, very interested in animals. 
um, <clears throat> went to zoo, ha had pets, and uh, I was destined for a career either in uh, zoology or um, wanted to be either a zookeeper or, of course, like many other students that I teach, a veterinarian. And so um, um, I applied for vet school when I was at university. <clears throat> I'd had many years of experience in small animal clinic. Um, and I was interviewed, but did not get accepted the first time. And they told me that I should try and get some livestock experience to improve my um, experience with animals in general. So I had taken um, one or two animal science courses in the agriculture program at Illinois. And um, I went to one of my professors and asked him to hire me on for the summer to be a summer student to um, gain experience with his, in his lab, it was mostly pigs. <clears throat> and he hired me as a summer student, and I never left that lab um, and never looked back. And that's what's really launched a, a career, a research career with agricultural animals. So how did you end up at Guelph? Well, um, after I did my PhD with um, pigs and, in, uh, and my master's and my PhD with pigs at uh, University of Illinois, um, I worked in a lab of supervised by um, a professor named Stan Curtis, who is really well known in environmental physiology and one of the first professors in animal science in the United States who looked at um, animal welfare. And um, so after that time, so I, I had the opportunity to meet uh, researchers from all over the world because they would come and visit our lab. Um, I'm an academic sister of Temple Grandin. So we went to school together. So it was a pretty nice, pretty good, high quality lab that I went through. Um, after I graduated, my husband and I moved to uh, Wisconsin for three years while he did his PhD and I managed a monkey colony. So I went from uh, pets to pigs to monkeys and, did, um, and looked after them for three years and did research with monkeys. And then uh, my husband got a job in Guelph. My first son was born. Um, I knew several, um, the professors at Guelph from my from my graduate school, because Guelph has a very well-recognized program in animal behavior and animal welfare. And I told my husband, just go for it. That's a place for us. So um, that's how I ended up at Guelph. Took a few years to get a faculty position though. So even in the States, Guelph is really well, well regarded. Uh, yeah, Guelph and particularly, yeah, all over the world, University of Guelph is known for its agriculture programs. Um, and for animal behavior and welfare, um, there are several environmental physiologists and animal uh, behavior specialists here at Guelph. And so it's got a really long history of it. It's had one of the first classes in farm animal care and welfare was taught by a man named Frank Koenig uh, 35 years ago. Many people in agriculture all over Canada know his name and remember that. And so, yeah, this was one of the best places that I had an opportunity to come to. And so um, we moved here. My husband took his faculty position and then I kind of waited it out until I, uh, opportunities opened for me. So what does your current role as the research chair entail? Well, I do research. I work a lot with egg farmers of Canada. Um, I have a large research program and now focusing primarily in um, housing, <clears throat> excuse me, housing systems for laying hens, uh, because the in the egg world they're transitioning over to 
um, new systems that are thought to improve the welfare of laying hens. So I have a, quite a few research projects. Um, I have a team of students, PhD students and master's students working on those projects. I do teaching at the undergraduate and graduate level. And I do quite a lot of service with the industry in terms of um, guideline development and codes of practice. So I've, I've been really involved in the whole code of practice for um, Canadian agriculture. So what is it about animal welfare research that inspires you? Well, um, at first, uh, when I sort of discovered animal agriculture and animal welfare research as an undergrad who still wanted to be a veterinarian, it was the fact that I had always um, been really interested in animals, their biology and their behavior, and suddenly became aware of the fact that millions or billions of animals are used worldwide for our food systems. And that there was um, a, a place to apply my passion for their behavior and their welfare in ways that could actually influence the world and um, make change for animals, but also help farmers in uh, their role of feeding us. Okay, so broadly speaking, so how does the housing and management of farm animals affect their welfare? Well, animals have uh, subjective experiences. So we know that they have both positive and negative emotions related to the way we interact with them, the way we care for them, the procedures we put them through, how we house them. Um, and there are ways to learn about what those experiences are. Uh, the way we house and handle them off also influences their health, which impacts on their welfare. And so even uh, domesticated species, which are our farm animals, um, even though they've been domesticated for tens of thousands of years, they still have uh, quite a bit of their um, behavioral traits or most of their behavioral traits as their wild counterparts. And so um, thinking about how they see the world, how they um, hear it, smell it. Um, so animal welfare takes that into consideration of, as how they uh, respond and in terms of their health, but also um, those subjective experiences, positive and negative. So animal welfare research and what we do with it and our codes of practice is taking the information that we know about animals and how they experience the world and then developing best practices to um, uh, promote positive experiences for them and try and decrease the negative ones. So do you have an example of something you've done along those lines for poultry in terms of uh, improving a certain area that really needed work? Um, yes. So for example, um, looking at say nesting requirements for laying hens. Um, so one of the ways I said we have of finding out what those subjective experiences are. So in the case of the laying hen, um, even though she's been domesticated for a long time, there are, she's still motivated to find a nest every day before she lays her egg. So one of the areas of research that we um, engaged in is to look at um, what satisfies hens and enriched colony systems in terms of a nest environment. So they're given a little nest with the curtain we know in some, uh, from some experiments that we've asked hens to work very hard for either a nest or a dust bath. And so you set up experiments where, where you find out what resources and animal ones by having them work for it. 
And so um, put, putting a weighted door, weights on a door where they have to push through the door to get to either a nest box or to a dust bath. And then you increase the weights and you see how hard they're willing to work for it. And so if they're willing to work, you know, that's probably an important resource for them. And then taking that a step further and finding out what in an enriched colony system can we provide the hens that will satisfy her and have her um, settle down and lay her egg in a place that she's comfortable with. So what would you say is the biggest risk you've taken in your career? I'd say there's probably two, two risks I've taken. And gosh, and it's hard to, you know, you look back and it was so many years ago that I made that switch from wanting to become a veterinarian to launching a career in agricultural science. And that was a big risk. Part of it was my advisor at the time, Stan Curtis. He told me he would take me on as a grad student, had me read Robert Frost's The Road Not taken and told me he'd give me a research stipend, but I could never apply for vet school ever again. And so that was um, one risk, but it suddenly took me on a whole new life path. And I remember at that time, then the Birdsview classes that I taught <clears throat> and looking at all the, um, the Aggies sitting in the back with their tractor caps on, I thought, what on earth am I doing here? But since that time, I've made so many friends and in, in um, particularly in the ag industry and that. So um, that was worth it. Uh, second risk that I took was probably moving to Guelph and deciding to wait for or not take a faculty position while my kids were little. So I had a, uh, my first son was born then and then I had another a couple years later and I rather than just pursuing my own career it was a family we were managing all together. And so, so that was a bit of a risk in that I didn't go straight from graduate school postdoc into a faculty position. I, I worked as um, a sessional lecturer and a research associate for a few years in between. And so you say, I guess, looking back now, those risks really paid off. Yeah, they did. They actually did. Um, so I've never expected to be where I am now. And also just a lot of women who are in academic situations. Um, now things are opening for women in the sciences, um, but there's still that, how do I manage my family part of it that, can, that is interesting. And so it was a risk, but it, I think it demonstrates that women can take different pathways and still be successful. Yeah, I was going to ask, so how, how, did, how have you seen the role of women evolve over the course of your career in your field? Um, I was the first, no, I was the third woman to be hired in my department. And that was in 1998. So it was, and there were probably 24 people in the department at that time. So there were not very many women in animal sciences. When I was in graduate school, I think we had one woman in a very large department. Um, so there were very few of us. Now, in the last couple of years, we've done a bunch of hiring. There's probably 10 women in my department now. And um, um, so we've seen that more and more are getting jobs in the animal sciences. Um, and so, um, yeah, so it's changed quite a bit. I think this, 
some of the the women now have still have very young families or just starting their families and are doing the whole struggling with how do I manage this um, with a baby at home or whatever but um, but certainly doors have opened for women and and it's become easier for them to manage in this and in a faculty position at least and now a word from our sponsor Egg Farmers of Canada is proud to sponsor the Influential Women in Canadian Agriculture Program. We support leadership in Canada's egg industry through our National Young Farmer Program and Women in the Egg Industry Program. Our comprehensive research program, in partnership with universities and academic institutions across Canada, fosters innovation within the poultry sector and nurtures the next generation of researchers and industry experts. Learn more at eggfarmers.ca. So what challenges do you still see for women in your field? Probably some of it is the balancing of, so during the childbearing years of um, when do you do that in terms of your, in an academic position? Uh, when do you do that? Do you do it before you take a faculty position or afterward? And I think that um, there needs to be supports for people who want to take different pathways. Um, as far as that goes, like I had the opportunity, I was part-time when my kids were little and I kept my hand in by doing some lecturing and um, doing some research at the time. And so I think um, if women want to take that kind of pause and then re-enter the workforce, um, I think that needs to, to be considered. So, so the, the fact that women can take different pathways to, to faculty and research positions. Okay, and so um, why do you think it's important to have programs like the IWCA that recognize the achievements of women in egg? Because it hasn't been done very often before. I mean, it's it's very it's very very new, um, and I'm I'm a researcher in agricultural sciences, um, and I know that women have. And I interact with um, women within the industry, particularly the ag industry, quite a bit, and um, know that they are very much involved in the running of their farms. Um, I think things are probably changing for them a bit. You don't see as many women on the board. You see women in sort of executive positions, but you don't see them sitting on the boards. Um, it's usually the men in the household who are doing that, from at least from my perspective. Um, I remember a day when, cause I had done pig work before my egg work. And so 20 some odd years ago, it was, um, I, if I give a, gave a talk at an industry meeting, which I do quite often or, and did quite often, it was usually the men from the farm who were in the audience and the women were making lunch. For the, for the audience. And so, and I know darn well, those women who are making lunch are probably in the barn just about every day, just uh, as their husbands. So I think it's, it's um, important to do this and to bring more women into the leadership role, because I think they've been a, a backbone in the farming community forever and um, can be involved more in leadership roles. Yeah, I have noticed on farm, there seems to be more and more women playing a, a bigger role in the day-to-day -day operation. I think they probably often, ha often have, but when it comes to like um, boards of directors and commodity organizations and things, it's still usually the men who are involved in that. And so 
I think now we're seeing more women get involved with it, but there's still fewer women sitting at the that board table. Do you have a message that you would give to the next generation of women like pursuing a career in your field? A couple of messages, actually, I suppose. Um, if you're from the city, you can still do it because there's a huge role for, I mean, so few people are producing so much food for the world and within the entire agricultural industry from, from farm all the way to processing and then grocery stores and that, um, there's a role for um, scientists and for uh, scientists with different backgrounds. However, if you're going to pursue a career in agriculture, then you need to get into onto farms. I've make it a point to interact with farmers and to go to commercial farms as often as I possibly can. And my role with egg farmers is really good about that because I, I know farmers from all across the country because of it. And, um, and, and particularly in my area of research, which has to do with you know, animal welfare and management and handling, is it's very important for um, us to understand um, what is like, uh, what the day-to-day -day life of a, of a is like for the people in the barns with the animals. And so that the work that you do is actually very relevant um, and that it can meet the needs of both um, the, the animals and, and the farmers, of course. And so don't be afraid to try new things, but make sure to connect with the people who are involved in that industry because you'll learn a lot more from them and that information you need to be successful in your own career. Um, so what would you say is your proudest achievement or defining moment of your, of your career? A moment? It's a bunch of moments. I think it's my students. Um, training graduate students, watching them grow, um, seeing the light bulb go on when they figure out what they're actually doing for their thesis, usually at the moment of their defending their thesis. Um, and then seeing them go on to careers afterward. I'm really, really proud of my students and they are um, like a whole family of, of academic, mostly daughters. Um, and so th those are the best. They're your legacy that goes on and, and they're the ones that can get out there and change the world as well after you're done. So can you, could you talk about uh particular challenge you face in your career and how you overcame that? A first challenge would be developing confidence, I guess, um, to enter a world where I didn't have a background in it for, you know, in agriculture. Um, and so part of overcoming that challenge, again, is, was, is interacting with people in that industry. Um, another challenge, I think, is just the, the whole balancing of career and family. Uh, everyone faces that and like, how do you get the right um, mix of family time with um, investment it takes to be successful in your career? Um, in terms of the, how, how did I do that? I took a different pathway and the challenge and just, and realize and, and come to terms with that the decisions that you make as a partnership or as a family may not be the same decisions that you make if you were just on your own in terms of jobs you would take or things that you would do. Um, 
but that's okay. So the challenge is learning that that's okay and not to beat yourself up over it, whichever decision you make. What keeps you excited about agriculture? It's constantly evolving. Um, so there's always new challenges, fewer and fewer people providing food for a growing population, more and more people getting um, further, the majority of people are very further from agriculture and don't understand it, don't know anything about it. And with that raises other challenges in terms of um, uh, social constraints or just a lack of understanding. And so it's, it's exciting that it's constantly evolving, that there's new challenges that farmers have to meet all the time. Um, but there's new and interesting technologies that are being developed all the time as well. So I think it's, it's, it's always been evolving and will continue to evolve. And so it's always really exciting because there's always some challenge that needs to be taken up. So what are some of the main goals that you want to achieve in the next few years? Um, I want to continue to work with egg farmers and they're, they're currently transitioning from conventional cages to alternative housing systems. So with the code of practice and with their voluntary decision, they've made a, a, a committed to a huge change for the next 20 years. And so housing systems will be evolving at that time um, or new adopters and, and young farmers will be taking over and changing those systems. So. I, I want to do research that helps fine tune. There's challenges with those systems for the welfare of the animals as well. So I want to find solutions to some of those challenges um, that help the farmers adapt to it and the birds adapt as well. Um, the other thing is that I was, beginning of this pandemic, I was starting to think about, my husband just retired in September and I was starting to think about maybe I should retire or not. And then the last few months I've said, I'm not going out like this. There's still so many people I need to meet and so many places I need to go and so many farms I need to visit. And that's what I wanna do in the next five years. That's about all my questions. Thanks again for joining us and congratulations on this recognition. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to Ag Annex Talks, the podcast hosted by the agriculture brands of Annex Business Media. You can subscribe to Ag Annex Talks wherever you listen to podcasts or visit eggannex.com to catch up on all of our other episodes.